I thought I was really good at evaluating Airbnb properties, but John Bianchi is the best in the business and I've got him right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain, you have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome in once again to the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to Kyle Stanley, and I am going to be bringing you an interview that I did with John Bianchi in our Airbnb Masterminds page. Make sure to go check it out if you're not on our Facebook group. You need to be a part of this. Over 120,000 members in this group, learning tons every single day from people like John. And just a little bit of a background. John is a friend of mine now. He actually helps out a lot of my students. And what he does is he helps you to be able to understand what can a ideal avatar property look like in your own market. And so today he's going to help you to be able to see how you can kind of evaluate a property. But if you are wanting to get the best market analysis of anyone out there, I'm telling you, John is the guy to do this. I could go out and do this for you myself and charge you, but instead I'd much rather you get a much better person who knows how they're doing this even better than me. Uh, like I might do it eight out of 10. He does like a 12 out of 10. He kills this thing in market evals. So all you're going to do is email him hello at pointanalytics.co, not.com.co. And you're going to put in the, uh, the subject line, Airbnb masterminds, and just let him know that you're interested in getting a, uh, an evaluation done. And he can give you all the details, all the pricing. Again, hello at pointanalytics.com or sorry, .co, not .com. And uh, just put Airbnb Masterminds in the subject. But either way, we're going to show you right now today with John about a 30-minute overview of how to evaluate a property in your market. Okay. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Kyle Stanley here. And uh, if you're watching this live on Airbnb Masterminds, I got to tell you, I'm super, super excited to have John Bianchi in this call. We're going to talk about how to evaluate a property like a pro today. And if you're watching on the podcast later day, or sorry, listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube channel at a later date, um, well, hey, you, you still are going to get just tons of value, no matter if it's live or not, right? So if you are watching live, though, here's the thing. Post your comments, post your questions as we go along. John, like, here's what I want to tell you, and this is what I tell everyone that I introduced to John. John, like, I thought I was pretty good at evaluating properties. And then I met John and I was like, what just happened? Like, this guy just blew my mind. And the way that he takes information makes it like understandable, digestible, and also just helps you to be able to literally find out like what is the way to best evaluate a property to where you can actually start to see yourself like expanding an entire portfolio based on these types of properties. That's that's what I love about John here. So before I get too deep into it, what's up, John? How are we going? <laughs> Thanks and, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Coming in from Canada too. And and I, I love I love that. So uh, I'm excited to to talk to you today about how to be able to evaluate properties like a pro because you are the pro. But before we get too deep into this, 
Um, can you give me a little bit of uh, a story here? What's, what's your craziest Airbnb story that comes to mind for you? Okay. Um, maybe not the best story. And, I, and you, gave <laughs> me about, you gave me a one minute to think of it. So <laughs> I will. Uh, I think one of the, the craziest uh, things that had happened to me was I used, I had all my homes in Chicago. And at one point I had a, a gang from a certain part of Chicago rent out my home. And then I had to try and kick the gang out and like they were uh, not the best group of people, uh, but I actually ended up having like an amazing conversation with one of the guys and he kind of made me a little like it was a, it was just a good conversation but the. Um, the moral the, the whole moral of the story here is that I ended up learning that if you don't allow people to stay uh, in your Airbnb that are within driving distance, then they can't invite their friends and so that's how you avoid a lot of parties and that's actually what Sonder which is like one of the biggest Airbnb companies around. That's actually what they do. Um, so that's just a really good tip. Um, but that was one of the craziest things that had happened to me. And I, I was not able to kick them out, but, um, but I was able to calm them down and like turn down the music and like make them have a good time. So anyways. Okay. And yeah, a little crazy no, story. no gang signs flashed or anything. So you're good. No, that was good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome, man. Well, you know, before we get into like how to evaluate these properties, I really do think people need to understand a little bit about your backstory and, and um, the fact that you are not just helping people to evaluate their properties, but you've been in the trenches, you've been doing the work. So bring us back a little bit. What is your Airbnb experience? And, and just kind of like, give us an overview of what brought you into Airbnb. Okay, so I'll try and go as quick as I can through this. Um, been, doing, been, been doing Airbnb since 2017, started off like most people renting out a spare bedroom. Um, was paying off my rent just by the bedroom. I was intrigued by it. I was looking for another business that I could open up. And so I started learning about it, um, got really into it, opened up a couple homes over in Michigan. Didn't do hard. I did the research that everybody normally does where they kind of look at what the average daily rate is, how occupied the home is, and they kind of make up numbers and they go, oh, that'll be profitable. Yeah. Um, and then, so lost, uh, lost a lot of money on the first two homes that I opened up, but at the same time was able to raise money uh, moved to Chicago and open up a whole collection of uh, additional homes. I got up to about 15 homes. Um, but in that process, what I did really, really well was actually learn the data. Um, and I learned how to read the data, how to use the data and how to pinpoint the data to find really profitable homes. And that's actually what allowed me to sort of thrive in the Chicago area. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, so I did that until 2020. Um, and then right at the same time when Corona hit, I actually had somebody who was looking to buy all my contracts and I was at the time period looking to get out. Um, and so I ended up selling off all of my contracts to someone else right in 2020. Uh, so it honestly worked out perfectly. I tried doing some other stuff, but I just kept doing the Airbnb data and I just love the Airbnb world and the business, everything so much so that I've actually come completely full circle and I've, I've restarted an Airbnb business again. Um, and we actually just uh, signed on our first two new homes as of yesterday. And I also do full-time Airbnb data consulting. Um, sorry. Yeah. I have a full-time Airbnb business uh, doing data consulting as well. So, so I, I got a question for you. You, you sold at the perfect time reason that you sold at that time and then reason that you jumped back in i'd love to know that of course yeah so um i am the type of person who likes to experience things to learn them right like i just like i have to get the experience and so i had this like i had this urge where i, I really wanted to be in the energy industry uh renewable energy i thought there was a lot that i could do there and could create some amazing businesses because the transition that's happening right now to completely renewable energy is amazing and the amount of money is going to be insane and so I actually sold my business with the full purpose of in, in growing a business in there. And I actually worked for 
um, a renewable energy startup out of BC, Canada for about eight months and realized that I had no idea what the hell I was doing. It's almost like, it's like, I, the way I kind of explain it is like, it's like I decided one day that I wanted to be a brain surgeon and then I just, just tried to do it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and so, and so um, but at that exact same time period, I had this one guy, Mike McKay um, out of Florida, who's an amazing guy. And he kept sending me referrals to do data analysis. And so he kind of kept me in the Airbnb world. Uh, he didn't realize it, but he was, he was keeping me in there. And I just realized like I was really, really good at it. And it just, I, I, found my love for it all over again and now i just there's no way i want to do anything else for the rest of my life so that's the in awesome. and out and back in that that's awesome i i also think like right around that covid time a lot of people were looking at new things too i was also looking at new things because it was like oh my gosh what's going to happen to airbnb and i even was looking into insurance and becoming like financial um like advisor. not necessarily advisor but just in the financial services area and I was like, yeah, this sounds great. And then I got into it just like you. And I was like, uh, nope, can't see myself doing this. Yeah. <laughs> just- you know I, I actually did that before Airbnb. So I had a, I had a finance and investment business. So I was managing like $10 million at, uh, before. And then wow. I just, that was the worst. That's a terrible business. So you made a good decision. How, how old are you? Uh, 29. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you, you've done a lot at, at a young age, man. Like, pretty pretty cool to to see the amount that you i mean you've owned businesses you've like you said um managed a lot of people's money you've done a lot of different things uh have you always just kind of been an entrepreneur like that uh i wasn't originally i was always kind of in the back of my mind like i would do in the summers i would always like create little startup businesses and stuff like that Uh, but i always thought i was going to get into television so i did television broadcasting for like four years from like uh 16 to i did one year of college television broadcasting because my my uncle actually works for a sports channel in canada um but i realized that i did not have the patience for it and then i just i knew that like there was more opportunity with business and i just went that route and i haven't looked back but uh yeah, so kind of always doing little things, but I have started you know a few different businesses, but I'm not trying to say that you know I've made millions and millions of dollars, right? Um, I'm I'm learning and trying to grow and trying to build a, a really strong business here. So it takes time and it takes a lot of effort, and um, I'm okay with that. Like that that's okay. Well, yeah. you you know what you're doing, and and you're helping a lot of my students as well, which I super super appreciate. And that's the cool thing is every single person I introduce you to, they've just been like, wow, my mind has just been blown. And so for the next about you know call it 20 minutes or so, I know a lot of people who are watching this live right now, their minds are going to be blown. And so again, guys, if you're watching this live, post your questions as we're going along. John's about to share his screen. He's going to go through how to evaluate a property. Um, I'll ask some questions along the way too, John. I might interrupt you to let you know that some people are asking questions uh, about what you're saying. And uh, But I am really excited for people to be able to see exactly how you're evaluating properties on Airbnb. Now, guys, you know I, I just even released a video last week about how to do this within five minutes. John is not going to show you how to do this within five minutes. He's going to show you the legitimate, like getting down to the penny kind of way to do this. So if this goes over your head, that's okay because John is also going to show you how you can actually work directly with them and he can just do it for you by the end of this call. Or if you're just like, hey, I just need to keep it simple, uh, John, maybe you know we can go over a couple simple ways too so that people don't feel like they have to go the, the really in-depth route. Um, <clears throat> all right. So shall we get to it? Yeah. Yeah. Can I share my screen? I think you have capability. Go ahead and try it. Okay. Yep. I do. Um, so... 
one thing I always say to everybody is that I talk really quick, especially if I only have 20 minutes to try and go through all this. So uh, cut me off at any point in time and we're, it, it won't hurt my feelings. Okay. So I know how I go. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to jump right into it. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm trying to figure out how much money this home can make. Okay. So uh, I am cherry picking here because I only have so much time, so I can't figure it out where on, when we're on the call. So I've already actually done this, but I'm going to, I'm going to speak about my process and exactly everything that I've done with it. Um, this home is a home in Davenport. It's near Disney. Uh, it's in Florida. It's a five bedroom, four and a half bath. It's a really nice home. And I have some general photos on it. Um, and I am trying to figure out how much money can this make on an annual basis. And once I know how much that's going to make, then it's, I can figure out how much profit I'm going to get from it. Right. But at the exact same time, I'm going to get an understanding of what the home needs to look like for it to be able to hit that amount. Right. Does it, how do the photos need to look? What do the rooms need to be designed as all these different little things that matter. Um, and so I'm going to try and explain that to you as best I possibly can as I go through it. And this is what I, this, you know, a lot of people come to me with this situation where they have already found a home that they want to turn into an Airbnb, or they got a landlord to say that, yes, you can Airbnb my home, but they haven't figured out exactly how profitable that home is. So this is like sort of what I call the second step. I'll explain the first step later, but this is the second step. And they're, they're trying to figure out how profitable this specific home is. So anyways, let me hop into it. Um, AirDNA is obviously the best tool out there right now for mm -hmm. Airbnb data, especially at the cost. There's another one out there. Yeah, time out really quick because that that right there we need to talk about just for just two seconds. I tell people all day long, AirDNA is the best. I get pushed back about Mash Pfizer and other ones. I just don't see people getting the same type of data though in those as you do on AirDNA. What why do you like AirDNA over others? Easier to use. Um, I've I used Mash Pfizer like a like a few years ago, and I just thought it was awful. Like the user experience on it was so so difficult. But like I've been using AirDNA for a while and I will stay right off the bat. They have a lot of bad data and they yep. need like the, the most annoying thing about AirDNA is that they don't clean up their data um, and they just try and give you as much as they possibly can. And they also want to stay away from the data. So they just give it to you and they're like, you figure it out. And if you right. screw up figuring it out, then it's on you, right? Not on them. Um, I hate that personally. So like, that's why I have a business doing this because they don't do it. So, but anyways, AirDNA is, is, good and it's been around the longest and they have a really good process with their data and a lot of the data is useful about 20 percent of it um but from what i've seen with mash visor and the other tools that are out there they're they're no good the only one that is superior to air dna is key key data um if you're not familiar with key data you can look it up i don't want to talk about too much about it but they're also but it costs like five thousand dollars for a location yeah yeah that's not that's not yeah good. yeah no no, no. So, so anyway, so AirDNA is the uh, software tool that I use to be able to figure out how profitable location is going to be. Um, I've pulled up the Davenport region and I have a specific zip code. As you can see where these sort of highlight over here, um, those are the three different zip codes in the Davenport area. And we're focusing in on this area. And the reason being is because the home we're looking at is going to be right over in this region up here. Okay. Now, uh, I know that I have a five bedroom home. And so the first thing I need to do is I want to toggle over here and remove as much information as I can. What I'm trying to find are just comparable properties, right? Um, I want to find properties that are within the same general area and I want them to look a certain way and I want them to be good listings as well. And so um, what I'm doing is, is zooming into the specific neighborhood. Now in the, this sort of uh, Kissimmee, Davenport region and all around Disney, uh, there's a lot of resorts. And so you have to be very specific when you're doing this research that you are at a very, like this specific area, because otherwise a different resort is going to have a bigger uh, swimming pool. And if you're familiar with the area, this will make a lot of sense. If you're not familiar with the area, it's kind of weird, but there are neighborhoods down in the Davenport Kissimmee region 
that are quite literally all-inclusive resorts, um, but with houses and their suburbs with these like um, massive resort parks in, in the middle of them. And it's a super cool thing, but anyways, that's why you have to be very specific with where you're looking. Now, I know already that I'm in this general area. And so what I've done is I've gone into these homes. Once again, I've already toggled it. So we're only looking at five plus homes. Um, and I've gone and what you want to do now is start looking at each one of the listings that are here and trying to evaluate which one is the best piece of data that you want to use. Now, remember, I always said, already said that about 20% of this data is actually useful, 20 to 30%, 70% of it is not. So how do we figure out what's bad data? Uh, the bad data, number one, you want to look at the days available. So if the days available are less than about 200, I would say 300 plus for anyone who's doing this. So 300 plus um, is good. 300 or less is not very good, right? Um, and the reason being is because AirDNA tracks everybody's Airbnb listing on a daily basis. And they're recording the calendars and they're grabbing how much that person is booking their home for. And so they do this on a daily basis. So they, ha they have to be of tracking the home for almost a full year to get that annual revenue number. And if they haven't been doing it for a full year, then it's not useful, right? Now, that's the very and, first- And just, just so everyone is clear, and John, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it, the days available is pulling from the last 365 days. It's not pulling for the total days available that's been available for its entirety of its lifetime. It's just Correct. the last it year. Every year. Yeah. Reset, yeah, the last 365. So it's always resetting. So when it says 365, it's the last 365. Um, good, good, good thing to bear up there. So- that's, so that's the first piece of criteria. Now, here's another great example um, where you have a home that's been up and running for 346 days. So it's been tracked for that amount of time period. However, if you look in the top right corner, you can see that it only has one review. So instantly, I know that this is not an actual full-time listing. This is somebody who has a home down there. They maybe put it up on Airbnb or VRBO and rent it out every once in a while, but they're using it the majority of the time for themselves. And so they're not a full-time Airbnb. So their listing is up and AirDNA, AirDNA thinks that they are actually booking, but they're not, right? And so these are the things that why AirDNA has issues and stuff you need to look out for, right? Now, what you want to do, the process of this is quite literally going through each one of these dots one by one and trying to find the listings that you think are really, really similar, right? So the next, as I'm going through this, I come across this one right here and I can see that it has 95 reviews and it's been around for 365 days. Those two pieces of information are pretty well everything that I need to say this is a real listing, right? There's more criteria, but those are the two main ones. Um, I can even tell from the first photo, it looks really good. And I can see that they're making $70,000 a year, 88% occupancy, all this is good. And so what I would do is I would open this up and I've already opened it up. So I'd open it up and I would take a look at it to, to confirm, yes, this is a good listing, right? Now, if you the, the, to go a little bit further, um, if you're unsure about a listing, you can look at the calendar. What you wanna see is you want to see spotty, unevenness throughout it because the spottiness tells you that that's how that's people booking their airbnb randomly because that's how airbnb calendars get booked up they're always it's always randomly uh days available and days unavailable so that that looks good there and then the last thing you want to do is actually go through the reviews and ensure that there have been reviews for the last 12 months and if you can see reviews for the last 12 months you know that they've actually been operating for the last 12 months if you do all of that you now know that you have confirmed real data right and you can see that, yes, this is an actual listing. They're operating full-time. We have a true annual revenue number. And that is the closest you're ever going to get to knowing a real, how much somebody's actually making. Um, one thing to keep in mind here is that if you come across it and it's like less than 15 reviews, um, but everything else seems to be right, just avoid it because it's most likely there's something wrong. Um, so you want there to be, because you get like 30 reviews minimum in a year, right? 15, 20, 30 plus. So anyways, 
Um, so as, like I said, I'm, I'm in this area, I'm looking for five bedrooms. I can see this is a five bedroom. It, I, all the data has passed. It's, it's, it's qualified. I've opened it up. I like it. And so what I would do is I record that, right? So I record all the information on that. I use this template here on the left-hand side, uh, or sorry, in the top part, I just add in all the information about the property. So I have like a general idea of it, right? This is for my own use so that I can always keep track of all of my thoughts when I'm going through these reports. Then what I do is you can see there's a comparable Airbnb listings and I, I just track the most important things. So I add in the Airbnb link, the annual revenue, the days available, the occupancy, average nightly rate, the guests, bedrooms, bathrooms, uh, beds, and the host name. And the reason the host name is important is because if you can find a host who does multiple listings and they mm -hmm. do them all really well, that's going to be someone like you, right? You're an Airbnb entrepreneur. You know what you're doing. You are going to open up multiple listings. This person has already done it. So they have proven um, that they have good data and that's a good person to mimic. And that's actually what I did when I originally got started in Chicago and it worked out beautifully for me. Um, so I add all that information in and I record it. Now I have it there. Now I want to go find another comparable because one piece of data is not enough. The whole thing about data is you need to find some sort of trend. That's why it's useful. If you can find multiple homes doing a certain amount and they're all doing well, they'll all be roughly making about the exact same amount. The homes are going to look alike. The listings are going to be alike and the amount of revenue they're going to make is alike, right? And then that gives you the confidence to know that you can open up another listing in the same general area and make it just as nice as theirs, if not better. And you're going to make roughly $70,000, $80,000, right? It's called the Burger King logic. McDonald's spends millions of dollars to figure out what corner is the absolute best to be on. Burger King opens up across the street, right? So everyone that we're looking at is McDonald's. They're all of our guinea pigs who have tested out every single corner of the world. So, so pause, pause really quick. I love this because <clears throat> we, we could also be the McDonald's, right? However... Yeah. We we're going off a lot more on outside data, not Airbnb, not Air DNA data. Like if you want to be the McDonald's, we we get this all the time from people, uh, especially students of mine, that are like, "Hey, I know you like to see at least X amount of rentals in the area for it to be legitimate data, but this one has you know just half of that." But I have a really good feeling that this would be a really good place to do it. Okay, you want to go based off a of feeling? That's fine. Try to be the McDonald's. But what I what you're teaching, John, is learn from the ones that are already the McDonald's, the ones that said, I took the risk, and now you get to see the data, and now you get to come in as the Burger King. So it's, it's again, data versus feelings. 100%. Great. That's a great way to explain it. Um, if you are going in an area where there's not a lot of data, I'm useless. I cannot help you. I'm not like, mm -hmm. I can feel like a place is great as well, but I'm never going to tell you to buy a place just because I feel like it'll do well. Right. If you want, if you have that conviction and you want to go for it, then by all means, go for it. Right. Um, just try and do as much research as you can. I'm, I personally don't even feel like I'm at the spot yet where I can pick out a, a location and say, yeah, this is going to do well, even though nobody else is. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I'm trying to learn the criteria to be able to do that. Right. Um, but, you know, anyways, so that's a whole different, whole different thing. So, uh, what we've done so far is we've, we've found one listing that is very similar in the same general area and it's doing pretty well, looks pretty good. And we know that we would uh, put up a very comparable listing to that. And so what you want to do is you want to keep looking and you want to keep going through and you want to find multiple pieces of data that are, that are showing you that this is some sort of consistency. I like three, three is nice and nice and easy because if three people are all doing the same, you're probably going to do it just as well. Now, sometimes the data will kind of be all scattered all over the place. Someone will be really do doing really well, a little bit less and a uh, bunch in the middle. And so sometimes you need like five to 10 listings to get a good range of where you would fall within that, that, that range. Right. 
Um, but anyway, so to, to, for the sake of time, I'm going to keep going. Um, and right above the listing that we just looked at, there's another listing. It's been around for 300 days. It's got 61 reviews and it's making $56,000. Now it's making less money, but the data is good and it has five bedrooms. So all those things make me say, I want to take a look at it. And the interesting thing about this one is it is real data. So I've already gone through it. It looks good. Um, but the thing about it is that it's a bad listing, right? If, if you look at the photos, you look at the way it's designed, it's not a good listing. It's not well put together, but it's actually a bigger house than the one we were just looking at, but it's making about $15,000 less, which doesn't surprise me at all because this is what happens all the time. People have no idea how to market their home. They have a better product and they make tens of thousands of dollars less, right? A brand new photo shoot for this one that would cost $300 would make them about $10,000 in profit. They just don't understand. They don't realize that they don't understand it. Right. Um, and so anyways, this home here, I like to keep this piece of data because it's a, it's telling me that my floor, if I do a bad job, I'm going to make $56,000, right? That's if I do a bad job, that's a floor, right? So that's what I like. Now, um, what I would say now, mind you, the Kissimmee region, or sorry, the Kissimmee and the Davenport region are the short-term rental capital of the world. So in total, there's about 45,000 listings in this area. Um, and so to manually go through all of these is going to be pretty difficult, but I'm using it as an example because it's fresh in my mind. This is the area that I'm operating in right now. Um, most locations are going to be significantly easier to navigate. However, um, what I, so I'm going to jump to something that's a little bit different, right? So what I've been recommending so far is to go through these listings one by one, look, look at them, make sure that they're good data, write them down and record them, right? Which is what I've been doing in here. I've been recording them. Now, what I do is I provide these reports, right? <clears throat> so this, this uh, sheet that we're looking at is from AirDNA. And I, I have a program which extracts all the uh, data from AirDNA. It pulls it into this spreadsheet and it allows me to work with it a lot easier. So instead of manually putting everything out, I can do it um, with this coded program, right? Now, you won't have this, so you'll have to go uh, one by one, or you can reach out to me and we can, we can talk about that. But that's not the point of this call. The point of the call... The only reason I'm showing you this is because I had to cheat and use this to be able to find a comparable property, right? Um, for the sake of time. So what I'm trying to get at is, and I'm not going to spend my time going through this. Um, what I did was I took all the good data from the certain area of uh, this, this, the same zip code. So what we're looking at right now are all of the five bedrooms within the exact same zip code that we were just looking at except for I have them all organized from who's making the most of who's making the least. And then I, I took the Latin long that's also available in here and I plotted them into a map. And then what I did was I figured out um, which ones in this area within the zip code were doing uh, really well. So we're at the top and I tried to find my ceiling, right? So the last one we were just looking at was what I called the floor, right? So it was, the if I do things bad, this is what I'm going to get. I found one in the middle that was like pretty decent. It was doing about 70,000. What I want to know is who's doing an amazing job, you know, because that's what I believe I would be able to do in the way that I would want to go about it. So like who's doing the best and how do I compete with them and how much are they making, right? Um, and so I, I, I cheated to use my data to find a, a really good comp here. But this is, this is an example of Ricardo. And Ricardo is a great person to uh, use the data of because he has like 10 of these homes that are all very similar and they're all doing really well. Wow, um, this is beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Like first instinct, you're like, holy crap, right? Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing about this area is that the uh, it's Disney. So families are going here and it's all about the kids. And the only reason they're there is because of the kids. So this guy is, is really, really smart in the way that every single room that he's showing is one of the kids' rooms, right? Even the way that he's done the title, his, he's, got, he's a 4.93, he's got 95 reviews. Everything this guy's doing is right, right? 
Um, and I can go through the entire listing and I would use this guy as a learning experience. This is who I would mimic. This is who I'd copy, right? Um, and I'd try and learn as much as I possibly can about this person, the way they did it. And I would quite literally replicate it. So when I opened up my first listings in Chicago, I reviewed Saunders listings because Sonder was doing the best in the area. I literally wrote out a list of every single thing they had in their room and I made mine look identical to theirs. And so I'm not kidding when I say that's exactly what I would do. Um, anyways, I then recorded this information and their home's doing $102,000, right? So $30,000 better than the one that's a average home, right? And that's better marketing, better strategy. And what I always call is the first step. So making the home look great at the very, very beginning. This is the best part about data. Not only is it going to tell you how much you could potentially make for your home, it's also going to tell you how to maximize your home's revenue from what the other people are doing in the area that have already tested out these, these theories and, and, and put their money towards these upgrades, right? Um, so with that being said, we have one home that's doing about 70,000, 70, one that's doing 56, another one that's doing 102. So we have our ceiling, we have our floor, and we have our middle. Um, and then from there, what you would do is you make some notes about the property. So this is for yourself when you're coming back to it. Why are these homes comparable? What is it about them that looks really good? Then what you want to do is you actually want to add in how much you think you're going to be able to make. So if I was in this home here, right, and I was looking at the, the one that I already told you I was trying to figure out how much it's going to make, I would review it and I would say, how much do I truly think this one's going to be able to make? And I always like to underestimate because if I underestimate and I still hit my lower bar, um, anything over that is, is good to go. So I would say, let's say 80,000. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to make 80,000. It's a little bit off to the right in comparison to the one that's doing hundred thousand. So it's not 100% um, comparable, but I know I can do hundred percent better than the $70,000 guy. So let's say 80, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Perfect. And then, and then everything else we have down here, it's good. Um, these are all the expenses that automatically get populated depending on the size of your home, what you're doing. Um, if you have somebody else managing it, if you're cleaning it yourself, all these different things, right? So our revenue lines are right here. Then we have the short-term rental expenses, which are amenities, cleanings, and management fee. If you're managing yourself, you just remove that, right? Then if you actually own the home, you have uh, expenses like property taxes, insurance, HOA, and then there's, you know, uh, if you're renting, there's going to be electricity, gas, water, uh, not water, internet, all these different things. But essentially what this is going to do, it's going to tell you how much cash flow you're going to get from that home, right? With the way that I have it set up right now, there's a couple of expenses that are missing. Um, but if I were to manage myself, I'd make about $27,000 and that's at 80,000, right? If I make a hundred thousand, it's going to jump up to about 40,000. Yep. So um, that's, you know, to me, I'm like, that's awesome. This is, so that's telling me that this is, this could be a good home for me to get because I can see that there's very clear cash flow, right? Then you kind of have to consider some other things like the amount of competition in the area. Do you, you know, do you really think you can outdo all these people, um, all these different little things? But at the bottom of that, there's also some additional stuff like what's your down payment going to be, your closing costs, your upgrades, your furniture, and then it'll give you a cash on cash, your gross yields and your cap rate. Yeah. Um, now, so for the sake of time, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and John, I've been taking notes this entire time. I don't know if you've ever broken this down into a uh, 10 steps and you can tell me if I'm missing anything, but number one, we want to find like properties. So what you did is you took that five bedroom and you only looked at five bedroom houses. Uh, number yeah. two is you zoomed into the neighborhood uh, just like you would if you were going to do a flip, you don't want to go and look at something five miles away. You want to look at something within about a mile or two max. Uh, number three is you looked for a couple different pieces of information. So number three was 300 plus nights available. Number four was the number of reviews. What I didn't get from you is how many reviews do you think is like bottom floor that you would accept? 15. 15? Yeah. Okay. So 15 reviews at least. Number five 
you're looking for that. Uh, I think you even had a term for it one time. I'm calling it right now a spotty calendar, but didn't you have like a term for it? Uh, spotty calendar is good. Okay. Calendar. Yeah. yeah. You don't want something that's totally blocked out or totally open. You want like, you know, some availability here, some availability there. Um, six was reviews. Has it been reviewed in the last 12 months? Seven. Every month. Every month, of every, every month for the last 12 months. Yes. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Uh, seven, record it. So put it down, but do it three to five times at least. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Record all that information. And the reason you're recording it is so you can see it side by side. And you're going to start to see some things in there, right? Like how many guests they all have? Um, how many beds do they all have? Is that making a difference? Like those things that you can't easily see when you're going through it all, when it's all plotted together in front of you, it's easy to see the difference, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So that's number seven. Number eight is find the potential floor, middle, and the highest point. And then at, based on those three, you're going to kind of find define your nightly rate, If and that's number nine. So if it's, hey, I know my place is going to be better, you go a little bit higher than the middle. Hey, these are really nice comps. Maybe mine's going to be a little bit lower than the middle, so you go a little bit lower. But you're kind of hovering around that like middle number, if I'm saying that correctly. So yes, the only thing I want to say is you said you'll find your average daily rate. It's not you're going to find your average daily rate. You're going to find your annual revenue. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yearly revenue. That's clear. Yeah. And then um, you, so yes, you can find one of each. The best case scenario is you find a few that are doing really well at the top, mm -hmm. a few that are in the middle, a couple at the bottom. So you see some trends at each level, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's no reason why you can't be at the top, right? Yeah. You, you should, you should try strive to be at the top, but if you have a non-luxury home, like a uh, outdated kitchen and the ones that are at the top have a luxury kitchen, you're never going to beat them because they're always going to have a better product than you. Right. So uh, you have to, you know, bring in reality and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to make a hundred thousand. I'm going to make 80. Right. And like, so that's kind of where, like, if you can hit the top by all means hit it, but you're usually looking at an individual property and trying to decide uh, if that one can make that amount of money. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's and, um, then, and then number 10, put it in the calculator, see how much you're going to make. Calculator, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, yes. man. Um, we've got some questions that people are posting. You ready to take some questions? I just want to mention one thing sure. real quick. Okay. So what I just talked about was evaluating an individual property. That's not the way that I recommend you do this to start. I think that is the backwards way of going about it, right? Finding a property, then trying to figure out if it's profitable. If you think about everything we just did, we now know what a $100,000 home looks like in a specific area. So it makes more sense to try and do it the reverse way where you take an entire city and you try and figure out how much does a five bedroom make and what does it need to look like to make $100,000. Then you make a criteria list. It needs to look like this. It has a kitchen like this. It has a backyard like that. And then you go and look for a home that meets all that criteria. And that's how you're going to get the top performing homes. And what I love about the calculator that you have and the calculator that I have and, and what, we're, what we're not looking at in terms of our bottom line number is what is the yearly revenue? It's what is yearly being put in our pocket? And, yeah. and that to me is the most important thing. I, I remember being on a call with you with one of my students and, you know, yeah, the uh, the student was going to make more in terms of yearly revenue on a two bedroom, but their rent be, as an arbitrage was going to be way higher on a two bedroom versus a one bedroom where they were actually making less money if yep. they did two bedrooms versus one bedrooms because of the difference in rent. So yep. that's that I think that's really the the last piece that needs to be talked about is guys, you know, if you're going to look at yearly revenue, make sure you do that last step, the calculator to see 
yeah, the revenue is bigger, but is the net income yeah. at the end of the year bigger as well? So yeah. you're running cool. a business. You need to make money. Exactly. Businesses, the only way businesses survive is if you're making money. So awesome. Sure you're making uh, money. By the way, Shu, Shu, Shukriya, sorry if I'm saying your last or your name wrong. She says hello from Toronto. Hey. Uh, Anthony says he loves it. Marilyn says learning so much. Thank you. Now, uh, thank, thank you all for commenting with that. Now is the time that we get into some questions here. We got about 10 minutes. You've provided just as usual, as expected, because this is why I love working with you, man. You're just <laughs> dropping bombs. Um, so I've got a few questions from some people. Um, and let's start with some relative questions. Uh, uh, Tanar or, or Tanar uh, says, what about data Rubu, R-U-B-B-U? Have you heard of it? And would you yeah. recommend that site? Okay, so it's very similar to Rentalizer. This is actually something I didn't mention. So I think it's Rabu, R-A-B-B-U. Um, they're a management company and they have data and they give out a free software. Um, so the, the thing is, is that if you, if you go through the process that I just taught you, you're going to figure out how much a home is going to make, right? Um, if you then try and plug that into Rabu, you're going to see that the number is going to be different by about ten dollars to $20,000 minimum, okay? So that's the exact same thing for Rentalizer. And the issue is that with both of those two tools, they're using bad data. Mm. So like I just mentioned, AirDNA has about 70 to 80% bad data. So when they use their tools, like Rentalizer tool, they're using that bad data and it's giving you bad numbers. I had a guy did an analysis for, um, that rentalizer said I was going to make 120. I did the exact same thing for him and it, it was going to make him 60,000. Right. Oh so imagine, imagine buying a property, you think you're going to make 120,000 and you make 60, right. Yeah. And it, it should be, they should not have that. Those tools shouldn't exist. They piss me off the most. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, tell us how you really think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or you really feel I should say. All right. Um, man, we got tons of people with really complex names. Uh, and do, <laughs> says uh for homes that are on multiple platforms vrbo furnish finders etc yeah are you able to tell from the air dna uh what are you able to tell from the air dna data i think she means uh are you able to, to gather that some of these homes may be making more than what is reflected if it only looks at airbnb data so, so yeah. all of those calendars are connected. If you're on Airbnb, VRBO, and all the other places, all of the calendars are connected. So if you get booked on VRBO, your Airbnb calendar gets blocked and it works the exact same for all the other ones. So to AirDNA, they can't tell the difference, right? So when AirDNA comes in, they just see that the, the days are now booked or they're blocked, whatever it is, right? And so then they track that as, a, as, as, an, as money made, as a nightly rate made, and they add it to the annual revenue. So um, you can be on all of the different ones, and you can, and the numbers can still be accurate because they're all getting booked through there. Now, where this is, um, the where this is difficult is when you come across a home that looks like it's been around for 300 plus days, and it's doing really great, but it only has like five reviews on Airbnb. And I usually just say avoid that. Right, that home could be dominant on VRBO and a couple of other platforms, and only gets a couple of bookings through Airbnb, mm -hmm. but the data is 100% accurate. Right, um, and so those ones are tough. The only time that I let one slide where it's less than 15 is if it came through Evolve or Vacasa. And that's simply because I've studied their businesses. And I know how much bookings they get directly through their own websites. So it's, and there, and I know all the different platforms are on. So I know how much, um, how many other places there are other than Airbnb, but the data is still most likely accurate, right? Okay. Now, the only other variance here is that on VRBO, um, people price the price it higher 
except for they still have to pay the taxes to the city, whereas Airbnb is doing that. So even though it'll um, get booked out on a VRBO for hire, it's usually about the exact same as it would come through on Airbnb. Yeah. And so long story short, if I had my place booked or open on Airbnb for $300 and VRBO, it was listed at $200 for some reason, and it gets booked on VRBO, AirDNA is going to record the $300 because that's what it was listed for on Airbnb. Exactly. Okay. Usually when people have it on multiple platforms like that, they have a synchronized calendar. And when they change one, they change them all. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Dale says, I'm looking to get started in the Western burbs of Chicago. Are you in the city only or the burbs too? I am no longer in Chicago, sold right. business in 2020, uh, moved back to Canada. So I'm in Windsor, which is directly across the river from Detroit. Um, the burbs is difficult because there's not a lot of data out there. The rent is slightly cheaper than it is within the city. I personally was only in, um, in, in the city, uh, in a couple of different neighborhoods there. there. There's quite a few different spots you can go to. I don't, I can't say one way or the other because I have not evaluated the suburb that you're in. So I don't like to say one way or the other because I don't know. I haven't seen it, right? Um, I go based on data. Which, which is a great time to, to pivot and say that people can get in contact with you and, they, and you can just go ahead and do this for them. So yeah. um, how would you like to go about doing that? Would you like people just to email you uh, and get information about your uh, anal analyzer services? So yes, um, I like to actually, I like to speak with everybody that I'm going to be working with. Um, I usually have about a 15 minute introduction call where it gets to know what they're looking for to see if I can actually help them or not. Um, and, you know, sometimes some people, some people's areas, it just doesn't make sense to do what we're doing. And so um, if you want to work with, want me to do the work for you, create a report, kind of like what I was showing you for Davenport, or if you're trying to figure out an individual property, and want me to analyze it, um, you can reach out to me at, can I give out my email? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Please do. Um, at hello at pointanalytics.co. So hello at pointanalytics.co, not .com. Um, but yeah, so reach out to me. We'll schedule a call and we'll figure out if, if something makes sense for you or not. I, I just put that in the comments on the Facebook uh, Airbnb Masterminds thread here. So uh, guys, I mean, this is to me, and, and let me just speak from experience here because when I first got started, I thought the winner was one bedroom, one baths. And here was the reason I thought that. And, and this was for my market, by the way. In some markets, one bedroom, one, one baths might be the winner. But for me in my market, the reason in my mind was, hey, we are having a low barrier of entry. We can make our money back in about three to four months. And $1,000 a month sounds awesome after that. And then I realized after doing like getting into it and trying it and getting all the, the data figured out after a while, it's like, hey, these are good, but I could literally get my money back in the same amount of time for a four bedroom, two bath. And yeah, it was a little bit more upfront, but I got my money back still in the same three to four, maybe six months at the worst. And after that, I was cash flowing $2,2500 per month instead of just $1,000 per month. I was creating bottlenecks that I didn't even realize were there because it takes the same amount of resources, people, and maybe a little bit more income to build a business of four bedroom, two baths that are making me twice as much versus one bedroom, one bath that are going to make me half of what those four bedroom baths are, uh, two baths are going to do. So if I could go back, I would hire someone like John and be like, find me the best properties 
And I'm going to go for those and know those are the grand slams. And then I can, you know, every once in a while, pick up a one bedroom and that's fine. As long as I know it's going to make me some money, but I want to build my business around this rather than making my mistakes on these lower producing properties. So to me, it's a no brainer. I wish I could go back and hire someone like you to show me that. I, I appreciate you saying that. And I wish I could have worked with you then. And I wish somebody <laughs> came to me as well, because I also lost thousands of dollars on, on my first couple of homes. Um, but one thing you did say there is you asked me to find the locations for you. So I can do the reports for you. And I have a course that teaches you how to use the, the, the re report really well. I also teach you how to use it. You can figure it out. Um, but I guide you in, in I guide you where you need to go and I give you all the tools and resources you need to be able to get there because truthfully you need to know what uh, is needed for a home. And I'm going to give some examples here because it's really important. So um, when I was in Chicago and I, I also did four bedrooms for the exact same reason, um, if, if the four bedroom did not have a dining room, it would make $70,000 compared to $90,000. So a dining room made $20,000 more simply because people wanted the space yeah. to be able to share with their, the 10 to 12 people that they're going to be staying in that home. Mm. I, I, I figured that out by losing thousands of dollars, right? But the data shows you that if you're if you're really looking through it uh, deeply enough, um, in highly competitive areas, an extra bathroom makes you twenty thousand dollars more. I have a lot of proof on this, even in the Facebook group. So, like downtown Chicago, a two bedroom one bath makes fifty four thousand. A two bedroom two bath makes seventy five thousand, seventy seven thousand, right? Um, twenty thousand dollar difference. And then another thing too is that I went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and tried opening up some homes down there. Um, which failed by the way. So like I didn't make a, a crazy amount of money off those ones. And the reason being was because I didn't get a pool heater. So I wasn't extremely familiar with the area and I saw the data and I was like, oh, I need a pool. And so I got two homes, both of them didn't have pool heaters. And that was the, the changing criteria for me to go to once again, like 70 to a hundred thousand dollars. That was, mm -hmm. that was the difference. And it's because yes, it's warm down there, but it's extremely warm for three, three months and then kind of warm for nine months. And so if you have a pool heater, people can enjoy the pool. And so I was losing out to everybody um, that had a pool here. So these little things are what you can learn by really evaluating each one of the homes and stacking them up and making a list of everything that you need before you go out and actually get the home. So good. So good, man. Um, I just added in there, if you're going to email John again, hello at pointanalytics.co, not .com, .co. Uh, make sure in the subject line, you put Airbnb masterminds. So he knows that you came from this page and this video. All right. So go ahead and do that. Make sure to email John, get on it. John, you have helped us all to just feel like pros today on analyzing properties. And uh, for those of you that are just like, I still can't quite grasp it. I know they're going to reach out to you. Uh, any last words before we rock and roll? Yeah, I've got a full free course on YouTube. So if you want to do this yourself, you want to get way more into it, look up John Bianchi, uh, look up AirDNA free course. It's on there. It's, it's like 10, 12 videos of me explaining every single thing I just said, but in way, way, way more detail. So, um, and it's free. So go enjoy it if you want it. That's pretty valuable. I mean, this guy's better than me. All right. My course on evaluating properties is $97. This is free. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> Go do that. All right. <laughs> you need to be charging for that. You need to be charging hey, for it. I don't teach operations. I don't teach anything beyond yeah. data. That's all you. <laughs> John, uh, you are the man. Thank you so much for helping our audience today to conquer the world of Airbnb. All right. The show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash John Bianchi. And that's John, J-O-H-N, Bianchi, B as in boy, I-A-N as in Nancy, C. H I Bianchi. So it looks like Bianchi, but it's Bianchi. And uh, again, his email will be on there. You're going to go ahead and just email him if you're interested in your own market analysis 
He can give you all the details, all the pricing, everything. Just make sure that when you email him, you put in the subject line, Airbnb Mastermind, so that he knows to take care of you as a top priority. That's it today for the Fearless Investor Podcast. I hope you learned a ton on how to be able to analyze a property and analyze a market. We're helping you to conquer the world of Airbnb every single week. Hope to see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.